to uh, Aiden up there. Sorry, Aiden. You're probably like, what do I do? I forgot to do that. All right. Well, we are so glad that you guys are here today, and uh, I'm glad that you weathered the storm last night. If you are joining us online, uh, thank you for taking some time out of your day to to be with us um, in a different way. But uh, we are glad you guys are here, and uh, we hope and pray that um, you have already experienced the love of Jesus this morning. And if you haven't yet, I pray that you will as we jump into his word. So last week we talked about hope, patience, and prayer. And today I want to take us on a journey um, as we look at Jesus, our good shepherd. If you guys would for me, uh, for just a moment, would you just close your eyes? I want you to listen to this paraphrase um, that I found. It's by a, a gentleman named Bill Gaultier, and, uh, and then we'll study Psalm 23 together. But listen to these words, just kind of a paraphrase or a, more of a poem um, than it is actually scripture. So, um, but we will study the scripture as well. It says, the Lord Jesus is my soul shepherd who meets all my needs and makes me smile. He gets me to stop working and relax with him in his father's loving arms. He takes me to a quiet place to be still and know that he is God and I am loved. He heals and rejuvenates my whole being with his grace from the inside out. He holds my hand at the crossroads and walks me onto the path of life. And even though I go through dark and difficult times... I don't fear anything bad because you are with me. You discipline me in love and converse patiently patiently with me to bring out the best in me. You prepare a celebration to bless and honor me right in front of my enemies. You anoint me with your spirit to minister to others out of the overflow of your love to me. I can count on your generous favor and tender mercy coming to me wherever I go. I will live in the presence of Christ as his beloved in all things and at all times. Let's pray. God, again, we come before you and we thank you. We thank you that we can be in this place. And right now, God, as we begin to study your holy word, I pray, God, that you would use the words that you've given me to speak truth to all of our hearts. And I pray, God, that each and every one of us would uh, open our ears to hear and open our hearts and our spirits to receive whatever it is that you want to speak to us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So that paraphrase or that retelling of Psalm 23, um, as I found that this week, I read through it. 
Uh, and I'll kind of get to what I'm going to be talking about here in just a moment. But um, I just thought it was really powerful, and it was it was very familiar because obviously it's it's a rephrasing or a re- retelling of Psalm 23. Um, and so we're going to break into the, break that into parts today, and we're going to study that together. Um, but before we start, I want to explain how this message came to be. How many of you had like an awesome awesome week? A few. How many of you had a eh, okay week? More, okay. And how many of you had a week that you were just like, you know, I'm just kind of in a funk? Anybody? Me and a few others. Okay. Well, early on in the week, um, I don't know, I just let... I let stuff get into my head and get into my heart. And I realize that things right now in my life are not where I want them to be. And right now, um, most of you know, most, some of you don't know. Don't know. Um, so I work for a, a school um, with severely disabled kids, and I love it. It's great. Um, but we're off until July 11th. And so right now I'm not working. I'm staying at home and I'm doing honeydews. That's why I'm in a funk. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but I'm doing honeydews and I'm taking care of my son. And everybody would think, oh, well, that, you got free time. You're hanging out with your kid. I mean, that's great. But here's the thing. Um, my passion, the thing that I really love to do is here. Being here and doing ministry and doing behind-the-scenes stuff and making sure that the church is doing the things it needs to be doing and functioning and all that stuff. And I've been doing that for like 14 years. But right now, we have changes, right? And so I let that depression, sadness, disappointment, whatever you want to call it, kind of take over this week. And instead of just jumping right out of it, I just kind of stewed in it for a while. And I was like, okay, God, you know, I got to preach next weekend. And uh, what am I supposed to do about that? And so I began to pray and worship and just kind of listen to whatever it is that God had to say. And I went back and looked at my notes from last week because last week I preached on Rejoicing in hope, right? And, and you know, all this stuff about prayer and, and making it through tribulation and all those things that are important. But yet I still let myself get to the place where I didn't need to be. And so the thing that came to my mind was Psalm 23. Because I realized that no matter what, however I feel, I have a good shepherd who wants to lead me into his paths, right? His paths of righteousness. And so about Wednesday or so, uh, as I really started getting into this, something just snapped in me. And I'm like, I'm super happy. I'm super excited. I'm, I'm hopeful for the future of this place. Uh, I want to do whatever it is that God wants me to do, wherever he needs me to be. If he needs me to be at Maple Valley State School for the rest of my life or until I'm old, too old to do it or retire or whatever, then so be it. 
I want to do whatever it is that God wants me to do. And no matter how I feel about that right now, or did feel about that this week, really doesn't matter. Because, and this goes for all of us, right? No matter where you are right now, if it's not where you planned on being, think about it and say, okay, God, it's not about me. Where do you want me to be? Where are you leading me? And so, now I stand before you as a guy who's really pumped up and excited about wherever it is that God's going to take me and wherever he's going to take this church. And so, I hope that uh, today as we, we dig into Psalm 23, um, that you will feel the same way. Especially if you're in a place right now where you're just not really sure it's where God or maybe not where God wants you, but you're not sure it's where you want to be. Okay? Deal? All right. So let's all open our ears and listen really carefully, and, uh, and let's talk about Psalm 23. So before we jump into that, a little while ago I asked if anybody else here was in a funk this week. And there was a few of you that did. Um, so my hope is that by the end of this message, by the end of today, or maybe it's already happened for you, and if it has, that's great, but that you will get out of that funk. All right? Here's the cool thing. Isaiah 41.10 says this, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God will strengthen you. God will strengthen me. God will help you. God will help me. God will hold you up in his hand, and God will hold me up in his hand. Let's read Psalm 23 together. Out loud. Ready? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If that doesn't encourage you just reading that, something's wrong. Right? You're focused on that valley. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit too. So David, the author of Psalm 23. We know that David was a shepherd and we know that David was a king. Now, we don't know for sure when Psalm 23 was written, but we do, from what I studied, a lot of people believe that it was while he was a king, but he was thinking back and remembering back to when he was a shepherd. And he would be out tending his flock, protecting his flock, um, doing all the things that a shepherd does. I've never shepherded before, not real sheep anyways. Anybody else here ever shepherded sheep? No, no sheep, sheep herders, right? But the thing is, is that only a true shepherd could write this psalm because they understand. He understood what it was like 
to shepherd sheep. I better quit saying that before something bad comes out of my mouth. Anyways, um, so the shepherd's job is to protect the sheep, to make sure the sheep get the food and water they need, and to make sure they get the rest that they need. The shepherd also leads his sheep. He leads them to the food, the water, and the rest that they need. And to the safety. John 10.27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So if you're a follower of Jesus, he's your shepherd. You're his sheep. We hear his voice. He knows us. And verse 1 says that he's my shepherd. And then it says that I shall not want. In other words, I am in need of nothing. Everything I need, I have. He gives it to me. That's pretty encouraging too, right? Do we believe that? Do we believe that Jesus gives us everything that we need? Do we believe that we have everything that we need? There's a lot of wants that we want, but do we have the the needs that we need? When I follow Christ and I let him lead me and I don't try to do things on my own, I understand during those times that he takes care of my needs. But when I try to do things on my own strength, or I doubt that he's got my back, I struggle to see the things that he has given me or provided to me. And I only see the things that I'm missing. And that's what I let happen early on in the week. See, I missed something. I missed a part of what I used to do all the time. And instead of seeing the blessings that he's given me or seeing that he's still meeting my needs, I only saw what I felt I was lacking. And that can go true for all of us, right? A lot of times if we focus on ourselves, we only see what's not there not the good things that are there. Verse 2 says that he makes me lie down in green pastures, or he's leading me into rest. And he also leads me to water to quench my thirsty soul. I don't drink nearly enough water in real life. I know I need to drink more water, but I don't. I drink iced tea or pop or whatever, but not enough water. But when you drink water, that's what really truly quenches your thirst, right? Because isn't our body made up of like a lot of water (laughs) or a lot of other things? But water is a main component in the human body, okay? So we need to drink a lot of it. When it comes to being a follower of Christ, we need to drink of the living water every single day. Whether it be 32 ounces or 150 ounces, we need to be drinking of the living water 
And only the good shepherd can lead us to that water. So I need to do that more often because that living water refreshes my soul. We get too busy, right? We get too sidetracked to stop and drink of the living water. We need to do that more often. And then in verse 3, it says that he restores my soul. I don't know about you guys, but I need to be restored daily. Every morning when I wake up, it's a new day, right? And you start off your day, and if, if you know, maybe you're someone who wakes up, and the very first thing you do is you, you get into God's Word, or you, you pray, or whatever it is that you need to do. Some of you that do that. Some of you, you get up, and the first thing you do is you go make a pot of coffee, because you can't function without that, right? And then you saunter into the bathroom and you brush your teeth, take a shower, whatever it is, you get dressed and then you jump in the car and you head to work and then you work all day long, you get home, you make dinner or you eat dinner uh, or you catch something on the way home like fast food or whatever. You get home, you hang out, you watch TV for a little bit, you watch the news, you go to bed and then you realize, I didn't even spend one minute today just talking to my father, my heavenly father. But see, when we do that, when we get caught up in in busyness or work or whatever it is, our soul needs to be restored. When I let the weight of the world hit me, when I have a rough day at work or whatever, I come home and I just feel heavy, right? And my soul is just depleted because I feel like I just gave everything away that day. We need to have our souls restored. And it says that he restores my soul. I need to do that daily. When I was in a funk this week, I needed the good shepherd to restore me. And thank goodness he did. Because I asked him to. He was already ready to do it. He restored me. He gave me the faith and the hope that I needed for myself, for the future, for this church. I needed him to lead me into righteousness and not forget that he is on my side and that he wants what's best for me. And he wants what's best for you. And he's on your side. And so I'm excited for my future and I'm excited for the future of this church. So as we continue to go through this passage of scripture, um, there's some things that we're going to talk about or we're going to put up here on the, on the board. And the first thing is this. Um, Am I following the good shepherd? So verses 1 through 3 talked about that. And so am I following the good shepherd? Or am I taking my own path? Am I walking to my own green fields? Am I crossing over into private property because I think it's better over there? Or am I following the good shepherd? All right, let's move on to verse 4. It says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see, sheep are defenseless creatures. I mean, they have, you know, they can butt you with their head, and they can probably kick, but other than that, I mean, they're just a big fluff ball, right? And they're not super intelligent, um, which is funny that, you know, the Bible often refers to us as sheep, 
Um, and I don't know about you, but that fits me pretty well. I'm a big fluff ball, and I'm not very smart sometimes. And I'm pretty defenseless when it comes to things that, you know, spiritual things, other than, like on my own anyways, but when I have Jesus, when I use his power, like we sang a little while ago, the power of his name, uh, then, you know, dude, I, I got it, right? Well, I don't have it. He's got it. But sheep are defenseless creatures. Um, and they have a lot of predators because they're easy prey. Uh, and the shepherd's job, one of the shepherd's jobs is to protect his flock. Um, not just lead them to green fields, water, and rest, okay? So sheep can get themselves into trouble. They can get caught up in a briar patch. Uh, they can, you know, climb up on a rock and then realize, I can't get down. Kind of like a cat getting up in a tree and can't get down. Um, or they get so focused on eating, you know, the clover or the grass, whatever, that they don't realize that there's a predator waiting to pounce and have lamb chops for dinner, right? And this is true with us as well. Sometimes we get ourselves into trouble. Sometimes trouble just comes. And oftentimes the enemy is out there waiting to pounce on you. In a weak moment, when you're trying to do things on your own, that's when he pounces. And when that happens, we can get into a whole lot of trouble, right? So, as I was studying again this week, I came across something that I thought was really interesting um, from the first part of this verse 4, uh, the part that says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And so, I don't know about you guys, but this scripture is often read in funerals, right? You hear this a lot of times. So, I started like studying, okay, like what exactly does this mean right here? And so I found this Bible study called the Messianic Psalms Bible Study. And I want to read this part to you because it gave me a whole different perspective on as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Okay, so listen to this. As the shepherd led the sheep from oasis to oasis, this sometimes meant passing through narrow valleys that had steep cliff, sorry, steep cliff faces on each side. These valleys were often dark because of the shadow caused by the cliffs, and they were a favorite place for predators to hide in. Sounds like a nice place to be for a defenseless sheep, doesn't it? Maybe this verse should have read, though I close my eyes and sprint through the valley of the shadow of death. This verse speaks to us of the trying times in our lives where there is darkness, confusion, and fear. Notice, however, that the psalmist says he walks through this valley. He doesn't stop, and he doesn't give up hope. You may be in a dark place, but you must keep walking. It's not somewhere that you set up camp thinking that is all you will ever know. No. Press on, knowing that if there are shadows, there must be light around the corner causing them. And as we walk through these dark times in our lives, we should not fear evil because the good shepherd is with us. So, after I read that, I realized I let myself stop in that valley. I let myself set up camp for a couple of days. 
And I let my attitude turn to that of fear, depression, confusion, anger, and sadness. And it was only through digging deeper into God's word and spending time in prayer that I realized that I don't have to fear. I don't have to be sad or depressed because God is with me. He will walk through that valley, that dark shadowed valley where the enemy is waiting to jump on me. He will walk me through it. He just wants me to keep my eyes on him so I don't stop and begin to set up camp or begin to feed on whatever it is that I see that is there. Because what's there is not good. What's good is what's on the other side of that valley. So if that speaks to you today, remember that. You don't have to fear. God is with you. He will walk you through this valley and lead you into greater pastures on the other side. And that whole rod and staff thing, right? The rod is to beat down the enemy when he comes to attack and to gently move me back into the path he is leading me. And the staff, that little hook, is meant to just gently pull me back towards him. It's not for beating me down. It's to love me, to direct me, to guide me, to draw me closer to him because he knows way better than I do when I begin to stray. So number two is this. Am I living in fear or do I trust the good shepherd? Do I trust that he's going to take me through that valley or do I live in fear thinking this is, this is it? This is my life now. This place that you're at right now that's dark He doesn't want you to dwell there. He doesn't want me to dwell there. He wants to lead lead me through. He wants to lead you through and to not live in fear. And then verse 5 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. This is where Jesus kind of goes from, or the story kind of goes from, not just he's a good shepherd, he's also a great host right? He prepares a table for me and for you. Right smack dab in front of the enemy. Like, ha! What you have to offer is nothing compared to what I have to offer. And when I sit at that table, my cup is overflowing. You ever been to a restaurant where you run out of water or you run out of tea and you're waiting forever to get that cup filled up. That doesn't happen when you're sitting at the table with Jesus. Your cup is always full. And it's overflowing. You see, the enemy Satan, he is out to destroy us. He's out to destroy you. He wants nothing that's good for us. But the good shepherd, Jesus, 
He sets that table right in front of the enemy. He anoints us with his spirit, and he wants us to feast, to dine with him. And he wants our cups to be overflowing with this, joy, peace, strength, goodness, love, and the list goes on and on. All the good things that Jesus brings to the table. Constantly, he wants those pouring out of our cup. So we too can lead others to that table. So we too can say, hey, I got a good shepherd. You look like a lost sheep. Come with me. Let's get to this valley. There's light on the other side, greener pastures. And he's going to set a table for you. And he's going to fill your cup with love and joy and peace and patience and all these wonderful things and mercy and grace. So when you do start eating the bad stuff or get caught up in the thorn bush, he's going to gently pull you back to him and feed you the things that he knows you need. He's going to put you right back on the right path. So when I open my eyes and I see those things that we just talked about, it helps me. It helps me to overcome the stuff that I'm going through. And it helps me to get out of the funk of life. And it can help you too. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift, every good and perfect, perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. You see, every good thing that you need in your life comes from the Father above. Everything, every good thing you need comes from Him. Our Heavenly Father wants to give us good things. He wants to give us perfect things. He, the, that table He sets for us is unimaginable and never-ending. If you've ever sat down at a big table full of food, maybe at Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever, and you're just like, whoa, this is an awesome spread of food right here. I am going to eat until I pass out. Right? And a lot of us do that. We eat so much on Thanksgiving or Christmas that we feel uncomfortable afterwards. Right? Got to unbuckle the pants. Go lay on the couch, go lay on the floor, whatever it is that you need to do to recuperate. A lot of us just go fall asleep, right? Because our belly is so full and our, it's working so hard to get all that, you know, moving through your body. And so we go rest. But with God, that table is unimaginable because it's all these good and perfect things. You like chocolate pudding? It's there. It's not called chocolate pudding. Maybe it's called grace. You like rainbow sherbet? Love. You like turkey and dressing? Peace and joy. I don't know. Whatever it is you like, but all the good and perfect things that God wants to give you are right there at that table. He's already invited us to sit with him. We just have to accept the invitation. And here's a challenge for all of us. When you accept that invitation, add a plus one or a plus two or a plus 20. Think of all the people in your life that don't know Jesus. They don't know that good shepherd and invite them to come and sit with you at that table.
because they need it just as bad as you. So number three, have I accepted the invitation to sit at the table of the good shepherd? And finally, verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Sounds like a great place to be to me. Way better than Rancho Grande, Taco Tuesday. I don't know. You see, in verse 5, we talked about the cup overflowing. God's goodness and mercy, these blessings, if you could put them in a cup, they would run over the top forever and ever and ever. You can only eat so many tacos on Taco Tuesday. But when your cup is overflowing with the good things of God, just keep filling it up, God. Keep that thing going. There's no limit because they're good things. And here's the deal. They'll follow you everywhere. You and I, if we are following the good shepherd, we will get to spend an eternity with God. That is the ultimate blessing. Right? Some people think, well, when I, I'll just become a Christian um, because then, you know, I'll have my get out of jail free card not get out of jail, get out of hell free card, and, uh, and then I'll just, you know, live my life, and then, you know, when I get close to the end, I'll repent, and, and all that good stuff, okay? I'm not going to get into theology on once saved, always saved, whatever. That, you work that out with yourself and with God, okay? But here's what I'm going to say. That's not why Jesus came. He didn't just come to give you a free ticket to heaven. That's part of the deal, but here's the thing. He wants you to live a life abundantly, right? He wants you to do the things that he did while he was on this earth. That's what the the Bible says. It says, I want you to do the things that I did. I want you to pray for the sick and heal the sick and and lead other people to, to Christ. I want you to show people love and compassion and grace and mercy and all those things, right? All those good things. Don't get caught up in yourself because it's not about you, right? When Jesus knew that he needed to spend time alone with God to rejuvenate himself, he went away from all those things. But every other time when you read about him in the Bible, he's what? He's with people. He's with people who needed to learn. He, need, he was with people who needed love. He was with people who needed compassion, who needed healing, who needed whatever, to be touched. And so that's what we're supposed to do too. Don't get so focused on yourself that you forget about all the abundant things that God wants you to do with your life. And then the ultimate blessing, so that in itself is a blessing, but the ultimate blessing is that at the end, you get to hear, well done. You are awesome and you did the things that I asked you to do. Welcome home. Let's hang out for eternity. And your mind goes, because that's a long time. A long time. So, this week, 
when I lost sight of God's faithfulness, and I felt like I was going through a hard time, and I wanted to camp in the valley for a while and, and have a pity party and all that stuff, um, my wife noticed something was wrong. I didn't talk about it. She didn't ask. But, I, she, but then she also realized at some point in the week, something's different. And that's when I told her. I said, well, here's the deal. This is what was going on. And she was like, I got you. I hear you. But she was also really happy that I moved past that. You see, each and every one of us, whatever your week was like or whatever this next week will be like, you've got people in your corner. But most importantly is you've got a good shepherd that wants to lead you through. We have to be careful not to lose sight of God's blessings. They're there um, in his goodness, in his mercy. They, they carried me my whole entire life. Amen. And they've carried you your whole life as well. So number four is this. Do I see the goodness and mercy that the good shepherd gives to me every day? Do I see the goodness and mercy that the good shepherd gives to me every day? You see, God is good. He sent his son Jesus uh, to, to be our good shepherd, to lead us into good things, to lead us to be quiet, to lead us into calming places, to lead us into rest. He restores us when we need to be lifted up. He walks with us through the dark times in life. He invites us to his table where he wants our cups to overflow with his goodness and his mercy. He wants us to dwell with him forever. So maybe right now, life isn't exactly where you plan it to be. Maybe right now, life isn't exactly where I planned it to be. Maybe my work situation has changed. Maybe your work situation has changed. Maybe my financial situation has changed. Maybe yours has changed. But God is still my good shepherd. And he wants to lead me. Maybe you are walking through a valley. Maybe a relationship you have is broken. Maybe your bank account looks bleak. Maybe your marriage is hurting. Maybe you lost a loved one. God is still your good shepherd, and he wants to lead you too. He wants to lead you into greener pastures, right? Quiet waters and rest, and he wants to restore your soul. He wants to walk with you through the hard times, and he wants to give you the good things. He wants to give you his goodness and his mercy to overflowing and he wants to spend eternity with you. So with this sentence, I close. We just need to be sheep and follow our good shepherd. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who is our good shepherd. 
God, I thank you for your word that led me out of the valley this week into a place of love and grace and mercy and goodness and hope and joy and expectation of better things to come. Thank you for helping me to put my trust back in you and for letting you lead me and not trying to lead myself. God, I pray for anybody in this room today or anybody that's watching from home, Lord, if they are in a valley, a dark place, a dark time, God, I pray that today these words from Psalm 23, these encouraging words, God, would uh, help them to get out of the funk that they are in and uh, they would just put their trust in you and that their cup would overflow with all the great things that you want to give them, all the blessings. God, be their shepherd, be their good shepherd and help them to be your sheep and to listen to your voice and, and I pray that you would lead them out of that place. And then finally, God, I, I pray that you would challenge each and every one of us to not just live life, but to live life abundantly. And that cup that's overflowing that you are constantly filling with, uh, with good things, God, I pray that we would share that cup with those around us because we never know what kind of valley they may be in. So Lord, let us be your sheep as we let you lead us as our good shepherd. I ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you guys for listening today. And uh, I hope that you are encouraged. And uh, next weekend, uh, you're going to be able to hear from Zach Beeler. He's going to be talking on Father's Day, which is next weekend. And so he just became a, a dad for the fifth time. So he probably knows a little bit about that, I would hope. At least, you know. A little bit, you know. Anyways, so have a great week. Uh, don't forget, if you are going to help with VBS or you are interested in helping with VBS, there's going to be a brief meeting across the hallway in the kids' area. Your kids will be taken care of uh, for about 10 or 15 minutes, whatever it takes. And uh, so um, you guys have a great week. And uh, be a sheep. And listen and let your good shepherd lead you. Amen? All right. Have a blessed week. Take care.